Welcome to another edition of Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. If you haven't been downtown, State Street looks really amazing. The restaurants have really now responded to the street being closed to cars and they, they're really finding their voice with the expanded dining. There's tables out in the middle of the street. It's starting to look nice. They have stanchions. They have new construction or not really new construction, but the, the setup makes it look as though it's, it's new and it's vibrant and they've spent some time and money on making it look good and so there's lots of activity and it just looks really interesting to see all of that new design for State Street. That's a preface to my interview today with Laura Knight, owner of Pascucci. She's owned Pascucci for a long time. She's had different locations and she's been sort of at the front of all of this when the pandemic hit. She continued to offer takeout, which allowed her the opportunity to open more quickly when Memorial Day came and restaurants were told that they could reopen with social distancing. So in this interview, Laura talks to me about how she's been able to struggle through the pandemic, how she's been able to reopen once the governor said it was okay, and all the challenges that come with trying to be able to own a restaurant, own a business on State Street with all of these new rules. A really cool part of the interview is we talk a little bit about the late Babatunde Folayemi, who was one of Santa Barbara's beloved activists in uh, the 90s and early 2000s, and uh, he actually got elected to the Santa Barbara City Council. And kind of a stunner at the time, you know, citywide elections, this guy wins a seat on the council. And so he had a lot of really memorable moments during that period as well. But uh, Baba Tunde used to make sweet potato pie and Laura Knight would sell it at Pascucci. So we talk a little bit about that as well. So I hope you enjoy this podcast and you can find more of these at Santa Barbara Talks. Dot com and these podcasts are brought to you by Kiva Cowork. Thanks. Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. I'm here with Laura Knight, owner of Pascucci on State Street. How are you today, Laura? I'm well, Josh. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for taking some time. I wanted to dive right in. It's such an interesting and exciting time right now for everybody. We are experiencing this pandemic, and as you know, as well as anyone, Almost overnight, businesses had to shut down, restaurants had to shut down, bars had to shut down, and some people were able to still offer takeout. And then just recently over Memorial Day weekend, the city and the state said, okay, businesses can open with social distancing. And I want to just dive right in and talk to you about what it's been like for you to endure through this period. Let's start with the reopening, and then we'll sort of backtrack. You were able to reopen Memorial Day weekend, what has that process been like? How have you been able to adjust and redo that? Um, well, there was a lot to do, a lot to learn, um, a lot of adjustments, a lot of rules and regulations, which, you know, for the safety of the public and your staff, you definitely want to do. You know, I was dealing with just being here, running the restaurant, getting deliveries in, ramping up business, because overnight we went from our sales being a fraction of what they were to people coming out wanting to dine. Um, so I, I made a quick call, and I ended up hiring... An amazing woman that's very organized that just jumped right in, helped me deal with all of the paperwork, all of the applications, everything the health department wanted to see. She printed out signs, laminated them, put them up everywhere, measured, told me where I need to put the tables. So we, we 
right from the get-go, I had somebody help me. Um, and I'm not really good at delegating, but I'm really glad I did. Um, so her name is Rachel, and she just jumped right in and, and put us where we needed to be for that first weekend because, you know, Thursday night they said you can open Friday, and that's a lot to do in that short of a time. Yeah. And, you know, we wanted to make sure we were doing it right. Um, the health department was coming by, checking, making sure everybody had things where they should be, sanitizer everywhere, um, training the staff, getting a thermometer, you know, all, all the things that needed to be done to reopen in a safe way, to keep the public safe and... You know, employees, all employees need to wear masks at all times. Um, kitchen staff has to wear gloves. So you were doing takeout during the closure. So that, to some degree, made it the transition back to fully open a bit easier. What was it like that first night when you opened? Were you worried people were going to come and find you? Uh, sort of help me understand the emotional side of that. Um, well, you know, the media did a great job about getting the word out that restaurants will be open for, for full service. And, you know, we got a lot of phone calls. Are you open for full service? You know, um, so it's been good. It's been really busy um, tying in with the holiday weekend as well. I mean, there were tourists in town. Yeah. Um, but a lot of our regular customers came, came in and said that they were glad we were open. And, you know, a lot of them did, did takeout orders while we were closed for in-house dining. Um, yeah. So we also had our own delivery as well. Um, the third-party delivery companies get pretty expensive after a while. So. Oh, yeah, the people who pick yeah. up and deliver. So you're sort of unique in the sense of you had recently just moved from a different location to your current location on the 500 block of State Street. And then shortly after that, the pandemic hits and things are closed. What was it like having to not be able to do business the way that you had envisioned, at least at least initially? Well, you know, I mean, we we moved we we moved out of our old location February first and reopened here February twenty second. So we were not anticipating being closed for three weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so when we opened, it was great. It was busy. Our regular customers found us, and then three weeks later, the shutdown. So the last thing I wanted to do was close again after having my staff out of work for three weeks. So. We rallied, we did take out. Um, you know, it, the hardest thing is that businesses just didn't know how long it was gonna be. So it's a big decision, what do we do? Do we close and wait and see what happens? Do we stay open and do some business? Um, I think for myself, I made the right decision to stay open, even though it was not easy, it was not, it was a challenge just doing takeout orders, meeting people curbside, um, having to revamp our website literally overnight. Um, but it kept my staff intact. It kept my, my, most of my staff part-time work, which is better than nothing. You know, it's just, you know, if you're closed for two and a half months, where is your staff after that time? Have they found other jobs? A lot of people on unemployment um, and several not coming back because they're making more on unemployment these days. But, yeah, that's an issue, yeah. right? They're, they're waiting until the unemployment runs out, maybe, and yeah. then asking for their jobs back. Yeah, no. so we'll see what happens. <laughs> So amid all of this, State Street is now open to pedestrians, to uh, bicyclists, skateboarders. The city decided to close nine blocks of State Street to cars. What do you think of that presence of people now in the middle of the street? I think it's great. I mean, there are some kinks to work out. I've worked downtown. I've worked in the same four blocks of State Street since 1977, my first job in high school was at Piccadilly Square. Oh, okay. And I've seen business move up the street and down the street, you know. In the 70s, everything was up towards Victoria. Then Pisano Nuevo opened in 1990, I think it was 90. 
and things moved down the street a little bit. So they've talked about it for years. Um, it's been kind of controversial. A lot of people want, wanted to see the street closure. There were talks of just doing it temporarily or just for a weekend, and they did have some weekend closures. But this really kind of forced the issue to do it because restaurants were going to lose half their seating. And so it gave us a way to not lose half of our seating. So the first weekend, the city allowed us to put tables and chairs out on the sidewalk. And they, um, a couple days later, um, with alcohol permits from the ABC, allowed us to serve alcohol out there. The following week, they allowed us to put tables and chairs out in the street. So there's virtually, there's about a 14, there's a 14 foot pathway down the middle of State Street for pedestrians. They're trying to keep people off the sidewalks. And most people are good about wearing masks, not everybody. Um, they, I, my opinion is that they shouldn't allow skateboarders. I think they're loud, they scare people, that's just my opinion. Um. Yeah, there's an appearance that they're, <laughs> they're a little bit out of control, a little bit wild at times, right? You could, they could crash into you. It feels that way if you're not on a skateboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but kids are still skateboarding, people are riding their bikes. I think, you know, they, they just need some guidance on that. You know, maybe have bikes, but just not going faster than the pedestrians. Yeah. So how have things been? Are we back to the way we were? How close are we to getting to how things were before the pandemic hit. Can you sort of describe what things are like from a business perspective? Um, well, business is good. People are definitely wanting to come out. They've had cabin fever for two and a half months of takeout food and eating out of a paper box and with a plastic fork. <laughs> and I think they're excited to come out. Um, people watching is great outside. I've, I've had a number of people comment that they really like this feeling of the outdoor dining because it makes them feel like they're in Europe, mm -hmm. something new and different, yeah. as well as feeling safer because they're not enclosed. Um, we do have six tables and seven tables inside. Some people want to be inside, but the majority of them are wanting to be outside. Right. Uh, so what has it been like nightly? Packed, jam-packed? Do you have a line? What's The times that I have been out here, it's busy. I mean, it just seems like there's so many people waiting in line to get into restaurants. People are excited, as you described. What's sort of the energy, the hum, the buzz of the restaurant right it, now? It's been busy. Um, this block's been, th this is a restaurant block. There are a lot of restaurants in this block. Bars are opening this weekend. Um, I think as theaters open, things yeah. will get busier up the street. I know restaurants near the Granada and Arlington count on those shows to help out. Um, but the movie theaters are all opening this weekend, and I think once people are able to go out and make an experience of coming downtown, dinner and a movie, um, that'll help the restaurants um, and bars up in the Arts District. Now, you've been around, you said your, your first job was at Piccadilly Square. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been part of the Cars on State Street conversation for a long time. What were the pros at the time when there was a lot of resistance to closing State Street to cars? What were the, the reasons? Was it just as simple as that the businesses liked the fact that people could cruise down State Street and see the restaurants, see the businesses, and then visit? Or was there something else at play in terms of wanting to keep the street open to cars? Um, you know, I think part of it is just that people didn't really know what would happen. There, there was always conversations about comparing it to Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica, yeah. which was successful but from what I've heard was not instantly successful it went through a transition of um, the mom-and-pop stores not being able to afford the rent so they moved out and then they were taken over by the chains the Z galleries the pottery barns the Victoria's Secrets so it wasn't like an overnight success but um, for various reasons I mean you can't compare Santa Barbara to LA Santa Monica 
Um, but as I said, you know, this, this had a different purpose. It wasn't just let's experiment and see what happens if we close State Street. It's let's give the restaurants and bars a chance to survive by not losing half their seating. Yeah. So it was a whole other layer of why we should do this. And I, I believe it's worked. Talked to a lot of customers, um, a lot of locals, a lot of regulars, as well as some tourists, and everyone seems to like it. They're coming downtown, running into friends. What is your sense of those businesses that are not going to survive? Uh, there, there certainly, there was some number, about 30% of restaurants would not be able to survive the pandemic. Uh, do you get a sense that there's a significant amount of people on State Street who aren't just going to be able to reopen because of all of this? Um, yeah, you know, I, I actually haven't gone out, I've been too busy here to yeah. go out shopping to see what's open and what's not. Yeah. Um, I've talked to a couple of landlords that have had large tenants, chain tenants, leave in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. They're there one day, they're gone the next. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, retail's been struggling. Um, it just, what's great about this is it's making downtown an experience, which many years ago it was. You know, you think about it, you go into a restaurant, you're inside that restaurant, you see people you know in that restaurant, you say hello. But as you're walking up and down the street, you're seeing all friends, neighbors, people that you know. So there's more social activity going on because people are actually out in the street seeing who's going up and down the street. They're not inside that business. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that's, that's <laughs> totally true. It's, it's, everything's more visible. Everything's now. more visible. Yeah. yeah. What's the secret to your success? You've been around, you've owned Pascucci's on State Street for such a long time. Uh, I remember coming here in my early 20s, which was a while ago. Um, it's, it's so well-branded, so well-known. Talk to me a little bit about like, why, you're, why you got into the restaurant industry and how you've been able to survive all these years. Well, you know, I had never worked in a restaurant before. I just loved to cook and thought it would be a whole lot of fun. I had no idea what I was getting into. And that was 26 years ago. And um, I think you have to have a passion to be in this business. You have to love it. and. We're forever optimists, restaurant owners are. And we work hard and we, we all work on a very slim profit margin. So that's, that's a challenge. When that slim profit margin is taken to the next level of being closed for dine-in, we're survivors. And um, I think what's, what's been good for me is that I enjoy what I do. So I'm, I work every day. I work side by side with my staff. And I'm fortunate to have employees that I've had for 20 plus years and that keeps the food consistent. When you have cooks for a long time, that keeps the customers happy. Yeah. How were you able to transition into owning a restaurant? Did you work at one and nope. then just build I was, up from there? I was, I was in retail uh -huh. before this and then I thought, well, I can run a business. Uh -huh. You know, I can do this business. I owned a retail store in the 900 block in the 80s and I thought, well, I can run a business. I'll try a restaurant. So I just... Uh -huh. And the Italian theme, can you tell me about that? Um, I took a trip to Italy with some from friends and fell in love with it. And so when we first started, we were very small and we did not, we had three entrees on our menu, very small menu. And I fell in love with the, the look and the, the feel of how things were in Italy. Like you saw the gelato bars with 20 different flavors of gelato. I mean, it was just beautiful to look at. So when we first opened, we had gelato, um, some salads, um, desserts and just three entrees okay. it's a very small menu uh -huh. and so from there you just it caught on it got popular and people just started to, yeah. to come in yeah. yeah yeah at that time the only other Italian restaurant downtown was the chase 
Okay. And then Aldo's opened. And, uh, you know, I, thinking back about Pascucci, I remember back in the day when I used to cover Babatunde Folayemi mm -hmm. quite a bit. And, uh, you know, he was a big activist in town, and he eventually was elected to the Santa Barbara City Council. And he used to talk all the time about Pascucci and Laura Knight, and he used to tell me constantly, come by and get order one of his sweet potato pies. Yep. <laughs> and so I've been thinking about him too lately because in the context of a lot of the uh, protests that have been happening, you know, and like what would Baba Tunde be saying right now? Because, you know, he was saying so much of these healing sort of messages so long ago, long before a lot of other people were. What are your memories of Baba Tunde uh, oh, from back in the day? Uh, he's an amazing man. Uh -huh. And if he were here today, I, I feel that what he would be saying, because he grew up in a hard life, he was in gangs um, back in New York. And he pulled himself out of that and was a mentor to kids here that were in gangs, trying to get the kids out of gangs and get on the right path. And I think he would, what he would be saying to people now is, hey, the protests are one thing, but the violence and the looting is not okay. And let's, let's rise above that. Uh -huh. You know, when, when you're just doing bad things and hurting other people, it's not setting a good example. So rise up above that and be better than that. Yeah. Did you sell a lot of his sweet potato pies back in yeah. the day? Yeah. Well, we didn't. We, we had them here. We uh -huh. bought them from him and sold them for him. So uh -huh. all the money went to him. Yeah. Um, were they popular? They were very popular, yeah. <laughs> we had orders for them. Michael Jackson's, uh, this was way back when, uh -huh. Michael Jackson's chauffeur would come with his limo <laughs> and pick up 10 pies at a time. And so he had a following for his sweet potato pies. Yeah. I just remember he was so, he was such a a fan of Pascucci and a fan of Laura Knight. Oh. And I would walk by here and he'd be like out in front, like, or, you know, by your older previous location. And uh, he would be just greeting people, talking to people, yeah. giving hugs to everybody, yeah. you know, so. Well, just... he, he actually hosted one night a week for us. Okay, one, one that's when I would week. see him, yeah. Yep. So that was when he was doing that. Yeah, so. that's amazing so man. That's so interesting, yeah. He was. Uh, so let's look ahead a little bit. So you were able to survive. You know, you're a longtime business owner. You're savvy. You're a survivor. When this happened, you, you were able to serve takeout. Obviously, it's a huge reduction in uh, revenues because of that. But you survived, and then you're able to reopen. And now it looks as though good times are ahead. The county doesn't seem as though it is ready to start closing things again. They seem really optimistic that this is going to be a phased reopening and uh, it's going to take a lot for them to turn back the clock. And so I think people are pretty excited that things are going to forever kind of be going in one direction. Uh, what's sort of your outlook? What do you hope to see for State Street and downtown? Do you want to see it open permanently? to? To people, what's what are your hopes as we try to come out of this pandemic? Yeah, I would love to see it stay the downtown State Street stay closed. Um, right now, it's I believe eight blocks. It's from Haley up to Sola. Uh -huh. um, so I don't know how the businesses up there feel, and I don't know traffic-wise whether they want to keep that many blocks closed. Mm -hmm. um, I think the big question is, you know, right now, people are being cautiously optimistic. You know, you hear about a possible second wave. Yeah. So that's going to be the determining factor of what goes on. I know is, you know, people get more non-socially distant, they're going to bars, they're going to gyms, they're going to places that there's more interaction, um, whether the numbers will spike. How would you as a business owner be able to 
do that? Would, would you be able to, businesses easily be able to adjust if all of a sudden we said, or the county said, okay, no more outdoor dining, you know, if we sort of reverse things back in time, would businesses be able to survive that or is it sort of too late now? Um, you know, we, we've gone from 20 tables inside to seven tables inside. So the, the outdoor dining has helped us recoup most of that seating. Yeah. So I don't think they would say, I don't, I, I don't know if they said no more outdoor dining, but you can only keep seven tables inside, that would be the nail in the coffin. That would be difficult for restaurants because it, it was a, a solution to fix the problem of having to space tables apart indoors. Right. Yeah, I, I think that so many businesses have invested a lot, particularly those who have built out these little parklets or mm -hmm. these areas. Uh, you know, it's not a huge amount, but you know, accumulative, it, it adds up the, yep. the amount of investment that they're doing right now to survive. So I think it's going to be quite a challenge if the county sort of says, okay, you can reopen, okay. Now you can't, and I think that's sort of the conflict. How has the pandemic affected you personally? Are you one of these people who uh, are you highly concerned about catching COVID, or are you sort of concerned that maybe uh, it's not as bad as people think? Or what have you been sort of? Having? You know, it's one of those things I am really, you know, I keep a mask with me at all times, and at least one time during the day I need to go into a store, so I've, um, I get frustrated when I see people not wearing masks in places they should be. Mm -hmm. I was at the laundromat the other day. Yeah. And I mentioned something to the owner. I said, you know, you've got four people in here and none of them have masks on. Oh, really? Oh, and he had a sign on the door and the door was open. So I said, you need to make it easier for, for people to, to see the signs. Right. He said, oh, they don't care. But it's, it's, it's the people that don't care yeah. mm -hmm. that are affecting the people that do care. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about is this whole issue of housing downtown. Uh, Santa Barbara, uh, from under pressure from a lot of the business community, is now trying to figure out ways to allow development downtown, to allow high density housing downtown, and possibly even allow higher buildings to accommodate that density. What do you think? Is housing a solution here to sort of keeping restaurants and businesses uh, vital downtown? Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it's, it's a twofold solution in that it, it helps business downtown and it also helps with some of the vacancies of the larger buildings. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Staples building is huge, and that's been vacant for, I think, about a year. Yeah. Macy's is enormous. It's been vacant for three and a half years. So I think the city needs to be open-minded about allowing housing to go into some of these spaces, not only to increase the traffic downtown, but to help the landlords fill the spaces. Yeah. And yeah. Make, make, hopefully make housing more affordable. I mean, it's just crazy how high rentals are now. It's upwards of $2,000 to rent a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, that's the missing piece is affordability because this is new construction. They're, they're nice places and they're market rate. And even if you build a lot of making them smaller, they're still really expensive. So that's going to be tough, uh, but hopefully they'll figure out that puzzle. As we wrap up here, what advice would you want to give to the decision makers in town in terms of how do you interact and support the business community? We've heard for so long, and obviously there's lots of contention right now with the city about how they aren't as responsive to the business community as they could be. Look what they did with State Street. Almost overnight, they're like, okay, yeah. we'll close it, we'll allow them to open up, put outdoor dining. So we know there's a way, we know that there's something in them that mm -hmm. sees an opportunity and does want to facilitate 
good things for the business community. What sort of advice would you want to give City Hall or anybody who has any sort of influence or decision-making power about how to be more supportive of businesses? Um, you know, I, I was pleasantly surprised at how quickly they, they did all of that because things don't usually happen quickly through City Hall. Mm -hmm. And I think the City Council really pushed the higher-ups to, to do this. They said, we've got to do something and do it now. It doesn't need to go through a two-month analysis, right. figure it out if it's going to just, just do something now. And they did something now right away. And I think the businesses are, are happy with the result. I, I think the public is happy with it, the customers. People are coming downtown. It's a whole new adventure downtown. So I think people are curious about it. They're, they're walking up and down State Street. They're seeing landscaping and trees and plants in the middle of the street that, that businesses are putting around right. there. They're fencing. Um, the ABC did require us to enclose our area that we're serving. Um, so people aren't supposed to be selling drinks to walk up and down the street with. Right. It's, it's, you know, here's your area. Here's where you dine and drink. Yeah. Um, so are you doing that? Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. We had to order stanchions. Um, yeah. Our umbrellas are coming in today. Oh, okay. So, yeah, there's, there's some expense in doing it, but it, it's completely offset by the increased traffic in business. Great. And uh, for people who've never been to Pascucci, who are listening, uh, what, you know, what can you say about the <laughs> restaurant and why they should eat here? Oh, um, you know what? Just support local business. It's just really important. Right. And people were so kind and wonderful during the time we were closed only for takeout with to-go orders, buying gift certificates. Um, and, you know, every customer that came in, I, I said, thank you for supporting local business. I think if everyone just does their part. Great. Well, Laura, I really appreciate your time. And okay. uh, thanks, thanks a Josh. lot. And